You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The title of this message is Shadow Shifters. Shadow Shifters. If you're thinking, what on earth does he mean by shadow shifter? I'm glad you asked. Uh, what I mean by shadow shifter is you. You, in God, are created to be a shifter of shadows. You were created to be a shadow shifter. What does that mean? Well, there can only be a shadow when there's something standing in between you and the light. A shadow is created when it blocks the light. When it stands in in between you and the light, it will cast a shadow. We've all watched the movies where it says, and a shadow lay across the land. I just like that guy's freaky voice. Deep in the heart of a small town, an evil lurks this summer. Only one man can save him, the lion chaser, Dr. Matt Hubbard. Coming to theaters this, you know, and, but when a shadow falls across a land, in a movie, in a script, it always means that, that something negative has happened because a shadow blocks the light. Right now, if you said, what is the assignment of Awakened Church? What is our assignment? I want you to know that our assignment in the city is to raise up shadow shifters. But not just raise up shadow shifters, but to, to shift the shadows that, that, that rest over San Diego. Things that block the light of God. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The devil knows that if he can block the light, people will stumble in the dark. People uh, become easy prey to deception and lies when the truth is blocked, when the truth is hidden and a shadow of darkness lays across the land. David said this, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. And so today I want to talk to you about shadow shifters. So come with me to Ephesians 6.12. We're going to pray before this is over. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says this, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our wrestle is not with flesh and blood. We, we, we understand, or at least you by coming to church, by, by getting up this morning, getting yourself ready, getting the children dressed, going out to the car, realizing they've already spilled stuff on them, going back in, redressing them, now you're running late, but you made the effort to get here. You're here. You're, you're going to have an advantage over everybody else because you, you, you're going to understand things that the, the people who didn't get to church, who don't go to church, don't understand. You will be at an advantage. It will give you, this, this advantage will give you advantage in the marketplace. It'll give you advantage in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in every sphere because these are truths that you will not learn in your colleges, in your universities, in our education centers because these places deny the reality of God and the, the, the reality of the fourth dimension, the spirit realm. But the Bible says here we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we think that the battle is against the people. Even as we're coming into an election, one of the things that you'll see elevated is the personalities. And we can say, well, you know, I, I don't prefer this personality or I don't like that personality or this or whatever. But I need you, I need you to, to just 
allow God to clothe you with wisdom and understand that you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against thrones and dominions, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. That beyond the personality, beyond the, the, the person, the per, beyond the natural, there is a spiritual component. There is a spiritual element. That, 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 that these people are the gatekeepers to a spiritual atmosphere that you will live under. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next, next month. And so always look at the spiritual ramifications behind. Have a look at the values that, that somebody espouses. Have a look at what they stand for and what they stand against before you cast your vote. So the Apostle Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. Principalities is, is the top. He's about to unveil a hierarchy. Over, over America, there is a prince, or, and underneath that prince are principalities. Underneath them are powers. Then there are thrones. Then there are dominions that dominate. And then there are spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. Just as Pastor Jesse and Kat were talking about, we want you to host uh, a watch party where uh, you have a whole bunch of people in your home and it's meant to be fun and around food and fellowship because we don't want you to do life on your own. You, you, we're better together. You need community. Let me just help you. Um, the, the people who only ever kind of turn up to like church or church conferences become weird. You need other people. You need other people. We're better together. We're better in community. So there's something very, very powerful that happens when, when you're with other people. Life is meant to be lived with other people. Uh, in fact, most people today, one of the saddest things, I, I read a stat the other day about how during the, the pandemic, during, this during the, the lockdowns, uh, the amount of depression and the amount of suicide and anxiety has gone through the roof. And that is because most people have nobody to share their struggle with. The Greek word where we get the word therapy comes from a Greek word called therupeo. Therupeo is all the way through your Bible. It means one who walks alongside of. You would, need, you would not need to see a therapist if you attended a watch party if you got connected in the house of God and understood that life, kingdom happens in community. A lot of people think, well, you know, I can just get, you know, me a supersized study Bible and amen and hallelujah and get all the t-shirts and the paraphernalia and then this is good and that is good. God bless that. But the cross isn't just that. The cross is also this. And, and your, your health, your therapeo is determined by who you're walking alongside of. So you need to walk alongside other people. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against thrones, dominions, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. These, these things host wickedness in the heavenly realms. That's what they host. So we host a watch party where we're trying to get righteousness. We host watch parties where we're trying to get the word. We're trying to get faith. We're trying to put hope back into people. There's prayer. There's food. There's laughter. There's fellowship. There's encouragement. There's strengthening. There's, there's equipping. These things happen in our watch parties. These things are spiritual hosts of wickedness. 
they dominate certain areas. In uh, Proverbs 28 verse 2, it says, Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. If you want to know what prince is over the land, it is very, very easy to discern because the Bible tells us because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. That they will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God created the earth to reflect heaven. God created the earth to reflect heaven. Genesis 1 verse, verse uh, 2 says, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, verse 2, was hovering over the face of the waters. Why was He hovering over the face of the waters? Because there were no lights. Everything was pitch black, but He is light. In Him there is no darkness. And when He hovered over the water, He saw His reflection. When He moved over the land, no reflection. When He hovered over the water, He saw His reflection. When He moved over the land, no reflection. So He's hovering over the face of the waters, Verse 3, then God said, let there be light. Light comes and the universe lights up. Then the next thing that God does is he determines that he doesn't just want the water to reflect his, his image. He wants the ground. And so the Bible says into the ground, God puts his hands and out of the ground, he formed the man in his image and in his likeness. So whether he resides over the water or over the land, it bears his, because the earth is meant to reflect heaven. The earth is meant to reflect heaven. The, the, agenda, the agenda of Satan, the agenda of the devil is to make sure that the earth does not reflect heaven. He does not want the earth to reflect God. He wants the earth to reflect His image, His likeness. He wants there to be chaos, division, malice, strife, murder, exploitation, rape, abuse, violence, where you see all of these things, these, this is, there's a warfare. Jesus says, when you pray, Mark, uh, Matthew 6.10, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on as it is in. So, so Jesus is te teaching us that there, there, is a, there is a conflict of kingdoms. Thy kingdom come. How do you know if the kingdom has come? And it's very easy. The will that's done will tell you whether the kingdom's done. When the will on earth rejects the will of heaven, it's a different kingdom. When the will on earth accepts the will of heaven, it's the kingdom of God. Some people have said, well, you know, Satan doesn't have a kingdom, but Jesus said it. So God bless you, Mr. Theologian. I'm going to stick with what Jesus says. Jesus said, if Satan casts out Satan, how can his kingdom stand? The Bible says that God has translated us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us to the kingdom of the Son of His love. So the Bible teaches us there are kingdoms. These kingdoms are in conflict. The Bible teaches us there are princes. There are princes over regions. There are princes over territory. There are princes over lands. My job on a Sunday is not to help you to live under whatever prince is there. The, 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 you know, on a Sunday, you come in here and we say, yeah, it's, it's dark, it's difficult, it's a battle, it's a struggle. But you know what? We've got, we've got tissues in the foyer. 
We're going to change the praise and worship to be much more lamentful. No, no, our, our job is to understand that we are here to shift the shadows. That we are here to understand that there are principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. But Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He's, it's the Great Commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. How much is all? All authority in heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. In the heavenly realms and on the earthly realm. All authority has been given to me. It's interesting because the last time we read those words, Satan was saying it to Jesus. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and their splendor. And he says, all of these have been given to me and I decide I can give them to whoever I like. But when Jesus hung on the cross, the Word became flesh. The spiritual became natural and was crucified. There is a spiritual realm. There is a fourth dimension, the spiritual realm. I know that we're, we're taught that there is no you know, spiritual realm, that the only thing that matters is matter. And you, know, you have uh, guys like Richard Dawkins who live in a God delusion, so they write a book called The God Delusion about their God delusion. And, uh, and so they believe that you know, the only thing that is real is matter. They can't explain how the matter got there. They can't explain how the matter formed and became perfectly ordered. They can't explain how the human being is so complex that you have, have all these highly complex systems that couldn't evolve over time, that had to be there instantly in the beginning. You, you had to have an immune system as you can't, can't live without one. You had to have a digestive system because you can't live without one. You, can't, you had to have a reproductive system because we would die out without one. You had to have a cardiopulmonary system because you couldn't. And so all of these systems highly had to, couldn't evolve. It had to be there right in the beginning because we wouldn't be here. And yet, and so, so, so we, we've listened to these people who tell us that you're just a monkey that got lucky. Those, those poor other monkeys stuck in the zoo, they just got stuck. So for whatever reason, evolution said, well, that's enough humans, you stay as an ape. We've got to do this way. Yeah, you've got to stay this way. Isn't it interesting? You know, we believe it, but right in front of us, they're not evolving anymore, apparently. The Bible says, the Bible teaches us that God made man from the dust. So you, you do have a physical body. You do operate and you do live in a physical world. But the difference between man and animal is that even though we are physical, we don't just operate in one dimension. Angels are spirits. The Bible says he makes his angels spirits, ministering spirits, flames of fire sent to serve those who inherit the kingdom. Angels are spirit beings, but they don't have a physical body. They operate in the spiritual realm. God, after he creates Adam from the dust, <sighs> breathes into Adam the breath of life, and Adam becomes a living being. He is now able to operate in two dimensions. You were created to operate in two dimensions because you were created in His image and His likeness placed on the earth to bring heaven to earth so that the earth would look like heaven. But Satan came in and he's trying to mess things up. But we are now the generation where the baton, where the torch has been passed to and we have been placed in a city called San Diego, placed in a city called Salt Lake City and our 
assignment there is to shift the shadows. Our assignment there is to understand our authority in Christ Jesus to drive out all that wants to block the light of God, the life of God, the truth of God, bring people out of darkness, bring people out of bondage, bring people out of captivity and into freedom and into blessing. I've got good news today. You don't have to live under the shadows. You are here to shift the shadows. God created you to be a shadow shifter. All right, really quickly, I've got, to, I've got to lay this down. Mark, Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10. In fact, while you're turning to Mark chapter 10, go to, go, to, uh, go to Mark chapter, sorry, go to Mark chapter 5 and then we'll do Daniel 10. Mark chapter 5, Daniel 10, Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, really quickly, Jesus gets into the boat. They go across uh, the Sea of Galilee through a storm. They get to the other side and immediately the Bible says, they met him out of the tombs, a man having an unclean spirit. Jesus Jesus confronts this spirit, commands it to depart from the man. The Bible gives us a brief history of this man. The Bible says this man was tormented. He was tormented. He lived in the tombs. Uh, he would cut himself night and day with stones. He would cry out in torment. All the villagers, all the people had tried many things to tame him. Tame him. Most, most physicians, because they've stepped away from the spiritual dimension, realize they can't cure, so they just try to tame. They, they, they just try to, well, what are the symptoms? Maybe we can nullify the symptoms. We can't cure the disease. We'll just tame the symptoms. They, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but nobody could tame him. He would break the shackles and chains in pieces, and he would beat the people up, and there he was in the tombs. But when Jesus comes, Jesus confronts the demon. The demon says to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. In other words, there's thousands of us dwelling in this man. And then it says this, go to, go to uh, Mark chapter 5, I think it's verse 10. Uh, and it says, also they begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. The demons begged him that they would not send, that Jesus wouldn't cast them out of that region, the NIV says. Why, why was that so important? Because they were assigned over that region. That was their territory. That was their assignment. They were assigned over that territory. Uh, because of the transgression of the land, many are its princes. The Bible says that this man who lived in the tomb had an unclean spirit. Well, isn't it interesting? Because the demons begged Jesus not to cast them out, but permit us to enter the swine. So Jesus gave permission at once. They entered the swine. The swine violently ran down the hill, off the cliff into the sea and drowned. Not because pigs can't swim. Pigs can swim. But because the spirits in them were spirits that were driving this man to take his life, to destroy his life. Night and day he was tormented with just this thought, just end yourself. You're no good. Who do you think you are? You know, you're a waste of space. You're a waste of breath. Why don't you just get these dark thoughts? And he was constantly crying out, crying out for deliverance. Thank God there was a Savior who crossed land and sea, went through storm to deliver what was undeliverable by the world. But isn't it interesting that these folk had forsaken the Torah they had forsaken the law of God and they made their livelihood feeding the swine, feeding what the Bible denotes as unclean. So this man has an unclean spirit because the activity, the transgression of the land determined the prince of, over the land. When Jesus cast the demon out, have a look at verse 17. 
at verse 17, the Bible says, now the people come up and they see this man now clothed and seated and in his right mind. And they marveled and the people were afraid. But verse 17 says, then they began to plead with him, who's him? Jesus, to depart from their region. I mean, is this crazy? They began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. Jesus caused the demons to depart from that region to bring deliverance and freedom. But the people in that land who profited from what was unclean wanted Jesus out of the high schools, wanted Jesus out of the legislation, wanted Jesus out of government, wanted Jesus out of our courts, wanted Jesus out of our Supreme Court justice, wanted Jesus out of Congress, wanted Jesus out of our colleges, wanted Jesus, no prayer in schools, no Bible reading in schools. Yesterday, uh, there was 100,000 people that gathered in Washington, D.C., 100,000 people, 100,000 people gathered to pray in Washington, D.C. They gathered to pray in Washington, D.C. We would say, how wonderful, how wonderful, you know, the Christians care enough about the nations, they would get together. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? You need to understand, though, they weren't, they weren't the first to gather in Washington, D.C. Just a few years ago, another group took an over 3,000-year-old relic that they imported from Persia, and they set up in Washington, D.C., the altar of Baal. If you know anything about Elijah, Elijah had to take on the prophets of Baal. They set up the altar of Baal. Baal was a demon god that the Israelites would worship. And the way that he wanted to be worshipped was through child sacrifice. Through child sacrifice, through abortion. They set this up because they were determined that the last election was going to go a different way and Baal would become the God of the land fed and worshipped at the altar of abortion. Elijah teaches us that until you shift things in the spirit, nothing changes in the natural. The Bible says that there was a famine in the land. There was a drought in the land. There was a, an economic lockdown. There was a shutdown in the land. So Elijah climbs up onto Mount Carmel and then he takes on the false prophets. He takes on the fake news. Fake news is just a modern vernacular for false prophets. Ephesians 2.2, 2, Ephesians 2 verse 2 talks about, talks about uh, people walking according to the patterns of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. I'm not sure if we can put that one up. Ephesians 2, 2. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. There's a saying that whoever controls the airwaves controls the ground. 
Whoever controls the airwaves control, we see this in Daniel 3, a herald, a herald cried aloud to you it is commanded, O nations, peoples, tribes, and tongues, that when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image which Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Because the devil knows whoever, that's why Hitler, first thing propaganda, Stalin, first thing propaganda, every, every, every demon dictator knows whoever controls the airwaves controls. Elijah could not bring an air to break through the drought unless he first cleaned up the heavenly realm. Unless he dealt... America is unmatched and unparalleled in her military power. And when we, when we, when we uh, deposed Saddam Hussein, it, it, was, it was four days because of a shock and awe campaign. Our air power took out all of their targets, took out all of their defences, took out all of their armories, took out all of their weaponries, and then we sent in the ground troops. You need to understand that, that what is true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. There are so many Christians trying to fight on a natural realm when we have been given the weaponry to bring a shock and awe. What do you think happens Tuesday morning, 5.30 a.m. out there in the foyer? It is called shock and awe when the man and gather in this house and they begin to war and they begin to pray and they begin to shift things. It's a shock and awe because until something shifts in the spirit, nothing changes in the natural. When the women gather, same thing. So that the heavenly realm affects the natural realm. It says, there came a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord and Satan slipped in among them. And God says, where have you come from? Because I created Lucifer, I created light bearer. I don't recognize you. Because light bearer in his rebellion against God had become accuser, slanderer, Satan, slanderer, accuser. God created him light bearer. The Bible says he was the anointed cherub who covers, but now he becomes the uncoverer. He becomes the exposer of all your sin and all your shame. And the Bible says, Satan also comes among there and he says, I've come from the earth, from walking back and forth and going to and fro upon it. He's not walking back and forth because he's trying to get his circulation up. It's healthy, walking's healthy. It's good for your circulation. It kickstarts you. The Bible says, every place the sole of your foot shall tread. He's walking back and forth on the earth because he's saying, the earth is mine. They don't worship you, they worship me. The earth is mine. And he says, really? Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He fears God and shuns, shuns evil. Everything you offer him. Everything you serve up, everything you dress up, he rejects. Because my boy loves his papa. And Satan says, does Job fear God for nothing? You let me strike his possessions. You let me take away the stuff that you've blessed him with. And he'll surely curse you because he only worships because you've blessed. God says, you've got it wrong. Because he worships, I can trust Him with my blessing. But Satan comes and hits Job. Every, every 
house, every possession, every piece of real estate, his sheep, his oxen, his cattle, everything that he has is struck. Job is completely unaware of the conversation in the heavens, but he feels it in the physical. This is in the Bible to teach us that things shift first in the heavenly realm before they shift in the physical realm. In Daniel chapter 10, the, the Jews have been in Babylon for 70 years. They go to rebuild the temple. They start rebuilding, rebuilding the temple and then Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite and Gershom the Arab shut it down. They, they, write, they, they just they shut it down. And Darius is like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, don't need, I don't need another headache. Just shut it down then. So it shuts it down. Daniel is like, the, the prophecies is 70 years and then they'll rebuild and everything will be re revisited and the vineyards will flow again and the orchards will, will produce again and cities will be rebuilt and the marketplace will, will operate again. Transactions, commerce will flow once more. I don't see this. So he goes into prayer. After 21 days of prayer and fasting, Gabriel comes through. The Bible says that, that Daniel was by the great river Tigris. And he says, and he saw this angel whose eyes were like flames of fire, body like burnished bronze. His voice was like that of a multitude. He says, the people with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them. They didn't see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them and they fled. The people with him sensed something. Daniel saw what they sensed. Now don't judge them because we live in a generation that have become senseless. You, you just being at Awaken, just being in this house, are awakening the Holy Ghost, they're awakening your spirit. The Word of God will, will cause you where you will sit with people and say, man, they said everything right, but I just had a sense not to go into business with that. I just had a sense something wasn't right in their marriage. I just had a sense. I can't put my finger on what it is, but I just had a sense. We, we are doing our job. If we can create you to be like Daniel, where you don't just sense, but you see what others sense. They sensed something, Daniel saw what they sensed. Spiritual maturity is where you begin to see, man, I know what it is. You know what it, I sensed it and then I saw, I saw in this behaviour, I saw what, what Daniel saw it. But then the, then the angel says this, he says, oh greatly beloved, I want you to know that on the very first day, everyone say first day. He says, on the very first day you humbled yourself to pray, I was sent from heaven. God heard your prayer and I was dispatched. He says, however, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. They were in Babylon, they were in Persia. The prince over that region, when he sees this angel of light, where he sees Gabriel, messenger of God, coming through, blocks him. Whoa, whoa, where do you think you're going? Uh, I've been sent by the Father, not, not on my watch. We don't want any kingdom here. We don't want any, we want these people in bondage. We want them in darkness. We want them in captivity. Our agenda is to wipe them out. Our agenda is to destroy. And so, and the Bible says that the Gabriel marveled that he was left alone to do battle with the prince. If he was sent because of Daniel's prayers, what does that tell you about the rest of the people? No one else was praying. Because if he was sent because of Daniel's prayers, why 
am I alone? Where? Because no one's praying down here, there's no assistance there. But then he says, oh, Daniel, highly favoured. Because you didn't back up, because you didn't quit, but because you doubled down and added not just prayer, but began to fast. You put prayer and fasting. He says, Michael, the great protector of your people, he was also dispatched from heaven. And he came down and he, he started to, to, to bring the smack down on that Prince of Persia. He says, now I was able to get through and tell you, and I must tell you things which are to take place after this. And when I'm done telling you, I will return to fight with the Prince of Persia. And after he is gone, the Prince of Greece will come. Bible scholars and historians tell us that the writing of Daniel is at the shortest, at the, at the least 50 years. Some is up to 90 years before Alexander the Great would lead the Grecian army in to completely devastate, to completely overthrow the Medo-Persian Empire. Daniel, Daniel is given this intel between 50 and 90 years earlier because the angel is saying to Daniel, when something shifts up here, that will be done on as it is in, when, when the heavens shift, here's the great news, here's, here's, here's where I wanna land. You in Christ are called to be a shadow shifter. You don't have to live under generational curses. You don't have to live under demonic influences. You don't have to live under depression, anxiety. You don't have to live under fear. You don't have to live under addiction. You don't have to live, you don't have to live under what the shadow, under what the demons trying to block out the light are putting over you. You have the authority in Christ to shift the shadows. You are a shadow shifter. Our job, Dr. Matt's job, my job, is to raise you up so that you understand your authority, so you can shift the shadows. When, when we lived in New Zealand, you can ask uh, beautiful Rena Gulick, we knew if we were gonna bring a shift to Manukau City, we couldn't just do it with clever youth programs. So we went up to Manukau Heights and we got our prayer mountain. And we would go up there every week and we would pray on prayer mountain because we knew until we shifted things in the spirit, nothing was gonna change in the natural. Well, the schools just kept opening. Hillary College, Tangaroa College, Papatoi High School, one after another opened up. In fact, we were in 10 high schools and there was only five days a week. So I had Rena in school. She got saved in James Cook High School when I brought hot chips. Then, then when we came to, to Sydney, I knew it wasn't my preaching and I knew it wasn't our programs. People would say, hey, would you come and preach? We want the same results. Hey, can we get your program? We want to import the same results. But they didn't understand it wasn't a program and a preacher. It was, it was a prayer meeting. If you ask Chad, every Wednesday night, we would get all of our young people and we'd go up to a place that I identified on a map called Beacon Hill. Because it was a hill that was a beacon. And you could see all of the Northern beaches. And so we would go up there and we had, there was a rock right in the middle of the park and we get young people up. Sometimes young girls, 13, 14, would get up and we taught them how to pray. And we would cry out for McKellar Girls High School, Balgala Boys High School, we would cry out, Beacon Hill, we would cry out for the schools. And then 
within months, sometimes years of warfare, schools would open up, schools would open up, schools would open up. I inherited a youth group of 50. By the time we left seven years later, there was over a thousand in the youth group. It wasn't because of a program or a preacher, it was because we shifted something in the heavenly realm. Our assignment in Brescia Ranch, our assignment in San Marcos, our assignment in Kearney Mesa, our assignment in East County, our assignment in South Bay, our assignment in Salt Lake City is to shift the shadows over the city so that His kingdom may come, that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that, that San Diego would reflect heaven. The people say, my God is the most desirable, the most beautiful place to live. The peace, the power there. Let me say all of this to say, that what we're seeing around our nation right now, all the chaos, all the strife, the, the division, the hate, the hostility, the burning, the looting, all of that, demons scream the loudest just before they are deposed and driven out. Demons scream the loudest just before they are deposed and driven out. God is cleansing. God is healing. God is delivering. Come on, give God a shout. God is delivering America. He's responding to the prayers. He is responding to the cries of His people. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. Lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. I want to pray for you. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. When you go, you are under authority. If all authority has been given to Him and He sends you, you become an ambassador. The ambassador of the United States of America to Tehran has all the authority of the United States of America in Tehran. In fact, the embassy is not considered Iranian. The embassy is considered American soil. You are kingdom wherever you go. You may, you may, you may have been born in America. You may have been born in, but, but because you were born again, where you go, the embassy, where you go, the authority. You are an ambassador. Jesus says, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. If I give my son the keys to the car, he knows what that means. I can take the car wherever I like. Jesus says, I give you the keys, full access to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The saddest thing is so many Christians don't understand the authority that they've been given. We're going to right now just finish. And I want you to identify. I want you to identify what, what princes, what spiritual hosts of wickedness, what dominions, what things have been dominating your mind dominating your family, dominating, could be spirits of poverty, of poverty, impoverishment, could be spirits of anxiety, spirits of depression. Man, you know what? Heart disease runs in our family. Well, it, it, it will have a genetic imprint, but it does not have a genetic origin. It is a spiritual origin. You take out the spirit, the natural will change. You don't have to live under that. Well, you know what? Breast cancer runs, you know, prostate cancer, well, cancel that. By His stripes you were healed. You don't have to live under, shift the shadows. It's alcoholism, it's addiction, it's drug addiction, it's lust, it's greed, it's perversion, it's abuse, it's whatever it is, identify it now.
Identify it now. Come on, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare every single person in this room is a shadow shifter. We identify the princes. We identify those demon spirits that seek to rob, that seek to destroy, that seek to limit, that seek to minimize, that seek to, to take away. I come against those. I see people right now, you're being tormented, 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 tormented. God is a God of peace. Shalom, Yerushalom. God, of, the God of peace creates a city. And what is the city? It's the city of peace. He has a son. His name is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Where there's peace, there's God. Where there's no God, there's no peace. You get God, you get peace. The absence of peace is the absence of God. The absence of peace is the presence of devils. Devil, you peace destroyer right now. You peace thief in the name of Jesus Christ. We command you to go from their lives right now. I declare the peace of God. Where there was anxiety, where there was torment in the name of Jesus Christ, I break your grip. Get off their minds. Get off their lives right now. Father, I thank you for blessing. Blessing over their lives. Blessing over their finances. Blessing over marriage. Blessing over family. I declare every curse shifted. I declare every chain broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.